What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving. This is episode 313. Thank you so much for tuning in. My friend, Lewis from Peels on Wheels is joining me on the podcast today. And we're going to talk about starting a mobile pizza business during this whole crazy 2020 year that we're going through right now. Lewis decided to start a mobile pizza business back in late 2019, but he didn't get it started till now. And we talk about how he's got started, how he gets the word out there, how he gets business and jobs, how it's going. We also talk about him importing a Ape scooter from Italy and what that's done for his business and how he kind of uses that to get exposure and some social posts as well. Uh, this is a fun interview. Lewis is a good guy. Looks If you go to his pizza on Instagram, his pizzas look amazing. He's doing a fantastic job. Really loves the craft of making pizza and really making a great pizza. So I had a fun time talking to Lewis on this podcast. Also, hit me up on Instagram. I am at the Bruce Irving. And check out our mastermind group if you are looking for some help in your business. There's a lot of things happening with marketing, Instagram, Facebook, Messenger bots. We've talked a lot about that on this podcast and also on our local business podcast. We talk about that every single week as well as email marketing inside our mastermind group. So if you're a business owner and you like to do things hands-on, you want to be you want to be the person marketing your business, but you want to be around other entrepreneurs who are actually doing those, being able to pick their brain, ask questions, as well as hear their successes and their failures at well, all of this marketing stuff, check out our mastermind group, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. Had a lot of great people join the mastermind group lately. They've been listening to me on the podcast for years now and finally said, you know what? I've been hearing you talk about this mastermind group for a long time. It's time for me to pull the trigger. So smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. All right, a special thank you to a few companies that are supporting this podcast, and then we're going to get right into this episode with Lewis from Peels on Wheels. I have to say thanks to today's show sponsor, Baccio Cheese. I've been working with their new Provore cheese, which is a square cheese inspired by provolone. It's got that sharp provolone flavor, but unlike the traditional provolone, it comes in a square, not round, so it's easy to blend together in a one-to-one ratio it also is easier for storing and it's great for sandwiches but i've been using it for my chicken parm sandwiches lately i've been getting dough from the local place down the street for me and using detroit style pizza with a mixture of the provore and the pizza cheese that baccio has i've also made a chicken parm sandwich with this provore cheese and let me tell you it is unbelievable i'm not just saying that i really You can go look at my Instagram, take a look at the picture of this chicken parm sandwich, and you will probably start drooling right as you see it. So if you haven't yet, go check out. If you want to learn more about the provolone-inspired Baccio Perfected Provore Cheese, head over to bacciocheese.com forward slash SPM and get yourself set up with a demo today and get yourself some of this cheese because it's amazing. Listen, getting your menu into your customers' hands has never been more critical than it is right now in 2020. With most restaurants focusing more on takeout and delivery, it's crucial to share your food offerings, pricing, specials, both online and offline. Menus are one of the most effective direct mail marketing pieces for restaurants. And to support restaurants, MailShark is offering 1,000 free takeout menus for any menu mailing campaign by visiting themailshark.com 
forward slash SPM. You can get details and redeem. Mail Shark has been a longtime sponsor of the podcast, and this is a great offer. You're going to get 1,000 free takeout menus with your next mailing campaign. Again, that's themailshark.com forward slash SPM for details. Thank you to Baccio and to MailShark for supporting the podcast, making this podcast free for you guys to listen to and check out wherever you are, making pizza, driving the car, maybe making a delivery, putting the inventory away at the gym, going for a walk, wherever you happen to listen to this podcast. Go check out Baccio. Go check out my Instagram. I made a few pizzas with the Baccio cheese, and I actually am really enjoying it. It's coming out fantastic, as well as MailShark. Thank you so much for being a longtime supporter of the podcast. All right, that's enough from us. Let's get into the content. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Lewis from Peels on Wheels. What's up, my friend? How the heck are you? Doing great. How are you, man? Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, we hooked up through Instagram, and you seem like you're doing some pretty cool stuff. So tell me a little bit, like give us the Twitter version about how you got started on uh, in the pizza world. So, so... Out of my 15-year career, I want to say at least 11 or 12 of that those years was in the pizza industry, um, and I've always been making pizzas at at home for friends and family. You know, when the, when I wasn't at work, and uh, it was about last year, early April or mid-April, um, I purchased a portable pizza oven, and uh, it was really just to step my pizza making game up at home. And from there, it just turned into a small mobile pizza business because I started making pizzas for friends and family. And then the more people I made pizza for, the more encouragement I got from others to, to do something with it, you know, and start a business. Yeah. And long behold, you know, six weeks later, Peels on Wheels was born. Wow. You went from th- thinking about starting a mobile business to starting one in six weeks? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was literally that. I mean, I was making it for friends and family. And then, like I said, I just got more and more encouragement. And then, uh, you know, I, I started to realize that there was this like pop up pizza community. And um, I'm like, you know what, I could do something like this here in my city. Where are you? My wife was like, you know, you're in a position now, you know, at the time, my job, I was, you know, Monday through Friday, I had nights and weekends off and summers pretty much off. And, uh, she encouraged me. She's like, you know, you could definitely do something with this, you know, on the side. And um, from there, you know, we just had to really brainstorm and figure out what the hell we were going to do with these little portable ovens. Where, where are you located? So I'm in Rochester, New York. Okay. Uh, How far away from New York City uh, is that for people listening? It's actually like a five and a half hour drive. Okay. Um, we're not we're not too close. I'm actually closer to Toronto, Canada than I am to New York City. Oh, wow. So you're way up upstate. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually grew up in the Bronx and, um, you know, from there, my parents moved out to Western New York and we're about, you know, about an hour 15 outside of Buffalo and then like an hour and a half from the border of Canada and the U S what's the pizza scene like where you are. Uh, actually there's like a pizza Renaissance going on right now. So I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of it. Um, you know, we've, I mean, Rochester, New York's just oversaturated with, you know, franchises like uh, Salvatore's Pizzeria, um, you know, Mark's Pizzeria, some other ones are called uh, Pontillo's, and that's pretty much all you had. And you had some local mom and pop shops. Um, but now there's there's really starting to, to become some sort of renaissance where you have, you know, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what, but a lot more people are doing these pizza pop-ups and, and starting these, these, 
you know, uh, pizzerias, but paying more attention to, to that detail and, and quality and, and understanding, you know, the fermentation process and things like that. Yeah. You don't know what the number one thing that was Googled um, during this whole pandemic was, don't you? No, no. What was that? It was how to make sourdough bread at home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so I actually, I didn't start dealing with sourdough up until this pandemic. You know, I've been using stuff, you know, commercially, yeast, yeah. cake yeast, things like that. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, you started to see a lot more, you know, pizza people actually making sourdough loaves and things like that. So I, I dove into it. And then from there, I actually use a sourdough culture in my my dough recipe i'm not 100 percent naturally leaven yeah but i use it more of like a poolish starter type of thing um in a lot of my recipes yeah i've been talking to a lot of people who've been doing that and i've even been trying to experiment with it a little bit at my house myself um but it's not easy to do like naturally leavened dough is challenging and it's a lot more challenging than if you use yeast or if you have especially if you're a mobile unit where you don't have like the kitchen or the walk-in or the environment to really manage it well yeah, yeah. So for me, that's why I'm using that, that, uh, you know, the active dry yeast and, and, you know, with the sourdough culture, just so I can have a little bit more control over, you know, the rise and all that. So um, I, I do have aspirations to do 100% natural 11, but I'm not at that point just yet, you know, being that I am a mobile business, and I only have a commissary kitchen, and I don't really have a, you know, your standard work size, you know, box truck for a food truck. Right. And, and I guess, you know, I'm just using the tools that I have and, and, you know, the knowledge that I have to do what I can. So we, so you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to open a mobile unit. You know, I've, I've been cooking at home. My pizzas come out great. My family and friends compliment me on my pizza. I'm going to start a mobile unit. Like what's the first step. So if someone's listening to this and they wanted to get started, like what's the first thing that you did, maybe right or wrong. So, so first thing I did is figure out what's my branding going to be and what's my name going to be. And my wife and I, we, we literally killed like two bottles of wine once we <laughs> for, you know, this mobile business and the names that we came up with were just atrocious. And uh, yeah, I think of like pies, pies on wheels, the pies guys, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some other bad ones. I think I know but, all those people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, from there, you know, I wanted something kind of clever, kind of catchy, because you think of a lot of food trucks, you know, they try to do something like, you know, wraps on wheels or, uh, you know, rolling deep. So to kind of <laughs> yeah. you know, play on, 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 you know, a, a mobile business being on wheels or restaurant on right. wheels. And uh, for me, my wife came up with the name actually Peels on Wheels. And I'm like, holy shit, that's it. That's the one we're going to do. Sorry, I swore. That's fine. Sure. It's, it's not okay. a kid's show anyway. Alrighty, alrighty. Um, so I'm like, holy cow, that's the one we're gonna go with. And uh, surely enough, from there, it's just like, how are we gonna build, you know, the branding? And uh, my sister-in-law actually is an art graduate, and she came up with my logo. And she actually combined a wheel, a pizza on on top of a peel. You might be able to see that there. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it was something kind of clever, unique. And then from there, um, figuring out what, you know the concept was going to be, um, and initially we thought it was going to be a workhorse box truck. And then we decided to go a different route, um, and importing a vehicle from Italy. But from there, um, we really had to figure out what type of business were we going to be a DBA, where we're going to be an LLC, you know, where we're going to be a, a corporation. 
Um, and then from there, once you, you sat, filled out all your paperwork and I decided to go with an LLC and, um, from there, it's just like, you know, figuring out your kitchen situation and what areas are going to service and things like that. So what did you do for the kitchen situation? We're like, where do you work out of, or is it just the so, inside your truck? So I actually can't operate out of my truck. So my County allows you to, to like, if you have a workhorse box truck, you know, if you're going to operate as a food truck. You have to have a whole list of equipment on that truck, three base sink, cold storage, you know, freezer, uh, hand wash sinks, all that ansel fire system, but the pretty much anything they'd have in a regular kitchen. Yeah. So basically to operate as a mobile kitchen, you have to have all that equipment. Now my vehicle is no bigger than a golf cart. There's no way I'm going to fit all that stuff <laughs> on there. Um, so I had to figure out a way to, to be able to do this concept and still operate kind of as a food truck concept. And um, for me, I had to sit down and figure out where I could get a commissary kitchen. So I had to find a commissary kitchen. Once I got it, that into place, um, I went to my county health department and set that up as my commissary. And then from there, um, registering the vehicle with the county as a food truck um, and, and going that route. And I actually opted out of the food truck route. I decided to go with a mobile caterer for my county. It gives me a little bit more flexibility with what I can and can't do. Um, and then some other counties, I'm actually uh, registered as a food truck just because it works out a little bit easier. So every county is a little bit different. Oh, that's interesting. Different regulations. Um, I wish I could just be, you know, the same thing across every county. But like I said, there's different rules and hurdles to, to jump through. So you have to um, register every city that you or a county that you kind of ha would have or you do work in. You have to register in each county that you would do events in? Yeah, yeah. So if you operate as a food truck, um, for the most part, you pay one fee for the entire year. Um, but then if you are a food truck, there might be like city, like limits where they don't allow food trucks in this area right? or, you know, you have to be 50 feet away from a building or this main road or anything like that. Um, and for me in Rochester just made it a little bit more sense to be a mobile caterer or a caterer versus a food truck. That way I could do a little bit more events. Um, and like I said, it's just different. It varies from, from location to location. So like in Rochester where I am, I have to apply for a temporary vending permit, um, for every event. And typically those, those permits, I mean, they cost anywhere from 55 all the way up to like 150 bucks, wow. depending the length of the, the time. So if you're doing a festival, that's 14 days long, you might have to pay, you know, $150 just to be able to vend food there. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little bit more money out of my pocket, but then again, it allows me to do a little bit more events um, in the area. So what do you do for marketing? Like I know like a brick and mortar, you can set up a Facebook page, which I'm sure you do, Instagram, which I've seen you have, but you yeah. can like do marketing to attract customers to come to you, right? Like yes. you're catering to a different clientele where you need to have customers where it may only be a customer that comes to you once a year, right? Yeah. So, so for me, it's really utilizing the social media platforms and my website. Um, you know, I use the platform GoDaddy, which is a great platform. And I use that website and they partner with a company called Chow Now. And that's where I do all my online ordering through. Yeah. Chow Now is a good, Chow Now is a good online ordering platform. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It really is. But again, it's not meant for mobile businesses. So there's like a lot of hurdles to get through. Um, when utilizing that platform, unfortunately. So like for me, I have to do a lot of work on the back end. Yeah. I mean, very user-friendly for the customers. Customers love it, easy to navigate. 
you know, easy to adjust, you know, menu items, things like that. Um, but on the back end, it's like putting in the random hours that I'm going to be because I don't have set hours for That's the week. That's true. So I physically go in there, create a menu for each different venue, create different hours for each different venue. And then I have to monitor like the the different like times where, you know, the last thing I want is to take 100 customers between 530 and 6. So like I have to get on the phone and say, hey, you need to shut down 530 to 6 before I'm at capacity or anything like that. So it's it's a lot of work on that back end, but yeah. I've been working with them a lot on trying to figure out how to make this a little bit more friendly for mobile businesses. So they're great. I mean, overall user-friendly, great customer service. They're always there for you 24 seven. So it's a great program. That's probably something that they should think about is because I'm sure there's a lot of mobile guys like yourself who want to use a simple online ordering platform. And like you said, Chow Now is great for the customer. It's very customer yeah. friendly, but if you're uh, a mobile guy like yourself and all those scenarios you just mentioned, I'm sure like, they're like, Oh man, we never even thought of any of those. Yeah. So at first it, the, it was really difficult and I, I don't want to bash chow now, but at first uh, being that I was a mobile business, it was very difficult for me to receive my disbursement. So like I'd go, you know, a few days in a row with events. And for some reason, the way I was uh, uh, adjusting like my hours was affecting the funds for all these 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 customers that are paying to be dispersed to me. So sometimes it was, I'd go like two weeks without oh, getting man. money. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But you know, we uh, after many many different conversations, we were able to figure it out. Now it's smooth sailing. But there's definitely a lot of uh, 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 trial and error. There was a lot of trial and error through the entire process. But now we're good. Now I'm getting paid. You know, as it goes. So good, which is good. So I mean, that's the name of the game. You got to get paid, like especially as a small <laughs> yeah. business. Like you, two weeks yeah. is a long time without making any money. If you oh man, put out all yeah. that money. It was definitely, we felt it, you know, and there was a lot of stress and pressure, but no, I think, I think the program's great. And I think the most important thing is that it's very user-friendly and customers enjoy the platform. And honestly, like, that's the biggest thing for me is, is, you know, making sure that the customers are satisfied with our service and, you know, they don't have to, to have a headache and whenever they're placing an order, you know what I mean? Yeah. They want to make it like for us as owners, we can kind of deal with the headache a little bit. If it's going to be challenging for one uh, portion of the, customer transaction i would rather it be more challenging for me than the customer yeah 100 100 percent, and that's exactly what my mindset like yes I'm, I'm doing so much work on the back end you know for these events you know for this online platform but customers are ordering and they're happy with it so um i i guess that at the end of the day that's all that really matters is a customer that's happy um but yeah so utilizing my website and that platform and then social media facebook and instagram um you know i had no no sort of uh, experience with social media up until like probably around March or early last year of 2019 is when I really got into Instagram and I did and it was just like you know to keep in touch with friends and family really yeah. um, and um, from there when I started this mobile business and getting to understand uh, Instagram was like it was a whole different monster you know it's it's it really is like running on whole separate business in a way <laughs> it's true it, it, it really is it, and it, it sounds so cliche to say but like when 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 you start to get a lot more engagement more people are getting excited and and trying to develop content and promote your events it's a lot of work i mean just just the, the daily motions of it and i'm getting better about you know making time for it throughout the day versus trying to be on it you know yeah. All day, you know, setting a time frame from this time to this time, this time to this time, this time to this time throughout the day. So I'm not strictly, you know, 
social media, you know, driven, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You got to like batch your time, just like you do with anything yeah. else, right? Like you're at the event from certain times and before that you prep from certain times, you promoted from certain times. I think the thing about social media that makes it challenging for people is that our phone is always with us, right? Like we don't have a dough mixer in our back pocket all the time where you're like, all right, I'm going to make some dough right now. The phone's always with us. So that's what makes you, if there's a slow period of time, you're like, oh, maybe I'll just check my phone. But if you, the, you, you have to get good at batching your time and making sure that you set aside a certain amount of time to engage, to post, to, you know, research and mm -hmm. don't let it take over your life. No, no. Yeah. And in the beginning of this, I mean, in my first like six months, I mean, I was always on it, you know, answering every message, answering every, every, you know, uh, comment, um, as they were coming in. And then now it's more of, you know, now I have my set time stuff. Yeah. I dedicated to responding to those people. Um, or if I can't get back to them, I'll say, Hey, you know, follow up with me early next week on this day. Um, and I think that's very important, but utilizing those platforms to reach those customers and, and generate excitement, you know, for these events. So like I have this event upcoming on the 31st of Halloween, and I'm trying to create as much buzz as I can for it because we do our Detroit style pop-ups once a month, just cause it's, it's very difficult with the type of oven that I have. Um, it's really not meant for Detroit style pizza. It's more geared for, you know, high temp Neapolitan style pizza. Yeah. And, um, so we do our Detroit styles. They sell out every single time we do them. We do anywhere from 80 to hundred and a pop-up in a three hour window. But this one, we're, we're trying to go out with a bang to the end of the season, and we're trying to sell as many Detroits as we can. Um, our goal is somewhere around 150 to 200 Detroits in a seven-hour window. Wow. Um, so we are trying to, to create as much excitement as possible. So, like, every day I'm, I'm doing a little plug here and there about, you know, don't forget the link goes live on this date for our event on the 31st, that sort of thing. And then obviously sharing that information over both pages as far as Facebook and Instagram. And then on a, obviously on my website, I have links all over, you know, that will navigate them to a social media platform if need be. Do you, what kind of oven do you use for those? So I use a Gosney rock box okay. and I have four of them mounted on side, on the side of my little truck. Which and those ovens are mobile, like countertop ovens, right? I mean, I, you can't, you're not supposed to use them inside unless you have like a, a type two hood, um, just cause they're powered by wood or propane. And obviously okay. when you burn either of those, I believe it omits carbon dioxide or carbon monoxide. Um, and obviously you don't want to poison your household. Um, <laughs> no, you don't. So, um, they're, they're, but countertop, they're, I meant like on a tabletop. Sorry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. On a, on a tabletop. And, um, and, so. um, so for those, do you so for your Detroit style pizzas? I know how those work with Neapolitan style. They cook really fast. Once they get up to yeah. temp, they cook them yeah. like in like sixty seconds, right? Like ninety seconds. Yeah, yeah. So ninety seconds or less. I mean, those things are built like a tank. They really can crank a, a significant amount of Neapolitan pies out in an hour. Do you so for your Detroit style pizzas? Do you pre cook the crust or do you cook it to order? So, so I'd love to do it, you know, cook to order. But yeah. the way that I found that works best for this is to to par cook the dough. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, that's, that's where we top them at the event and bake them in the oven. There. Yeah. Because they would probably burn right before the dough would cook. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was the biggest thing. And, and Gosney provides, pro provides like the, the Gosney community with a lot of different recipes that are user-friendly to be able to do at home. But like, for me, I'm trying to get a good amount of volume out. So I had to really kind of dial it in out of the, the, the rock box. So like I'd been making, Detroit style pizza, probably for almost eight full months. 
before I actually hit the ground running with it. Um, and, and I'm actually pretty proud of, of what we were able to do with the Rockbox oven, because like I said, it's not really meant for a Detroit style pizza. We can pump out a pretty high quality Detroit style pizza using a piece of equipment that it's not meant for. Right. How full are you when you're trying to test out Detroit style pizzas? Because I mean, Neapolitan pizza is light. You don't have to yeah. put a lot of cheese on. There's not a lot of toppings that go on yeah. it, but Detroit style pizza is so filling. Yeah, it really is. So, so when we were doing a lot of R and D, we we're eating a lot of pizza. <laughs> um, and for me, you know, my whole thing was I wanted, I wanted to still get somewhat of a light crust. I mean, yes, it, it's heavy in the sense, like you put a lot of cheese on it, yeah. you, you, put a lot of, you know, the Ronies and things like that and all the rendering stripped down. So it can be heavy. Um, for me, I wanted a nice light airy dough. Um, and, and I came up with a blend of flowers and it's almost, I compare it to like a focaccia like crust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's super light and airy. It's not like your traditional crispy, crispy bottom. Um, but it, again, I like the, the, the balance between like your crispy crown around the perimeter and then the soft, dough and, and that's probably the biggest like the most positive feedback I receive is in regards to my dough um and and that's that's almost instant gratification because we've worked so hard on our dough recipes you know for an <laughs> at least a straight year and we're still dialing it in tweaking yeah. it as we go along and I don't think that'll ever end no. um because obviously continuous improvement is is super important you know to any sort of business and for me, it's, it's constantly tweaking and adjusting and figuring out, you know, what recipes to use depending on the time of year. But no, we definitely are, are super excited about our Detroit style pizza. Yeah. Your dough recipe is never done, right? I've talked to so many people on the podcast and it's always a, a work in progress. You're always trying to make it a little bit better every single day. So there's never going to be a point where you're like, I've perfected it and I'm never touching it again. Yeah. The, and, and that's one of the things that I've, I've come to realize, you know, like, so many people tell me, you know, it's perfect. You don't need to change it, but there's so many different things that affect it, you know, throughout the different times of year. So yeah. you really have to tweak it for the different, you know, temperatures that you're, you're affected by or the ambient temperature or, you know, the, the, how hard the water is, all that stuff. Um, and, and it really is a science and it's, it's really like a game of cat and mouse. In a yeah. Way. Cause especially in the, like the Northeast area, like you know, it's 90 degrees one month and then eight months later, it's 20 below. Oh my God. Rochester, New York, our weather is absurd. So <laughs> like it's been 40 and raining and raining. And then this weekend we have 80 degree weather on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's like, how do you go from one way to the other way? And it, it's it's just like that throughout the entire year. It's pretty bizarre. What sauce do you use? I'm, by, by, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, go follow them on Instagram. Appeals uh, on Wheels Pizza on Instagram. Your pizzas look amazing, by the way. Thanks. There, there was one video I was watching. I was actually watching that video of you trying, not trying. You were making the Detroit style pizzas in the oven, and it was like a, I don't know if it was like a a, a sped up video, but it's like literally you just sitting there spinning oh, the pizza. Real time. I mean, that's not sped up or anything. Oh, that's really? From oven to oven. That's a lot of work, my man. Yeah, it really is. And and that Detroit style, like I said, it's it's meant to be baked at about 500 degrees, 550. Yeah. The box oven, it's it's at its lowest setting. It's like 750. So <laughs> yeah. it really is like a game, you know, going from one oven to the other oven when you have four going at once. So, I've been making a lot of Detroit style pizzas at my house lately. I've just been into it. I don't know what got into me, but I've just been into that that style lately. So I know that it it's different, right? Like that. I have a, one of those ovens, not, not the one you mentioned, but I have a different one and yeah. I use it outdoors. 
Um, I couldn't imagine cooking a Detroit style pizza in there though. Oh, I, I, and again, it's, it's scary too, because you got all that grease that's, that's bubbling and spattering. And then you got that big rolling flame on the top. So I've had a couple of times where <laughs> uh, grease caught on fire and it was, it was pretty scary, but I'm not saying uh, it's dangerous territory whatsoever, but it's definitely not ideal for Detroit's, but we make it happen. And that's why we do it once a month and yeah. keep it on the It's got to be um, one of those things where it's like stressful, but satisfying when it's over, because I'm sure it's like before it happens, you're probably super stressed out. You have like a hundred um, people coming for Detroit's like, it's like, I don't know. There's a lot of things in life where you're like the anticipation. You're like, once it's over, you're like, or like you're going through it and you're like, I'm never doing that again. And then it's over <laughs> and you're like, that wasn't so bad. Maybe we could do it again. A hundred percent. So when we first started doing them, I think we were only doing like 50 in a pop-up and um, that back then it was just like, Oh, that's way too much. And then we try to push a boundary like, <laughs> yeah. oh, to 60 this week. And yeah. then from there we got more and more as we dialed in the processes, the recipe and all that. So, and then figuring out how to properly space out all those pre-orders and also be able to accommodate walk-ups yeah. at this point, now it's just straight pre-order. So we can time it out pretty much perfectly and pretty strategically um for like you know whether it's a three hour five hour seven hour window is that because of covid or that's just a better system for you it's just a better system especially for the detroit style so we 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 try to space them out so obviously we can only do a certain amount per oven per hour right um and and really that's what it boils down to and also it allows us to to keep you know quality you know, as, as a priority for these pop-ups, you know, I, I could easily probably sell 150 or 200 in, in a three hour window, but I think you run the risk of, of, of what is it? Uh, not having a high quality product. Yeah. You don't want to do so, that. Um, for me, it's, it's, it was more of quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, and we've always stuck to that motto and, and I think it's worked out in our favor, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun style pizza and, and we're having fun with it, you know, at our pop-ups and, and we're super happy to, to be able to offer that unique style pizza to Rochester, New York, because it was kind of, like I said, I think we all got complacent in yeah. our city with the type of pizza that we had. And now there's a little bit of a renaissance and I'm, I'm super happy to be a part of it. And I just want to make an impact in my community when it comes to pizza. Yeah. I mean, even in my city, I'm from Boston and, you know, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for saying this, but Boston's been notoriously known for bad places like there was one there was a list and i don't even care santarpio's which is a place here it's not bad pizza don't get me wrong i'm not saying that this santarpio's is bad it's okay pizza Uh, but it was like number seven in the best places in in the country out of a 101 list there was a a list of 101 best pizza places in the country and santarpio's was number seven and that made it might have been true 20 25 years ago but it's not even the seventh best pizza in Boston. And Boston's kind of going through that same renaissance that you're referring to. Is there's a lot of great pizzerias starting to pop up in the Boston area, whereas 15, 20, 25 years ago, it was really crap pizza. Like we had really bad pizza here. So for me, um, we lived in in the South Bronx. I mean, I was ten minutes away from Yankee Stadium. I mean, we ate pizza two, sometimes three times a week, whether yeah. it was getting slice or you know my my parents were ordering it for dinner. I mean, we, we were spoiled, obviously, being in New York City, and I'd probably say that's probably the, the next biggest mecca other than Italy. Right. And um, so to be there and have that, and then we move to Western New York. I mean, I'd never seen a cow in real life, like, <laughs> let alone, you know, as much grass and trees and cornfields. 
And um, so to go from there was complete culture shock. And that was the first thing that we, we missed was like good pizza. Yeah. You cannot find good pizza because we moved to the countryside. And honestly, I want to say that my graduating class in high school, there was like 64 kids. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's super, super small in comparison to where I had like 60 kids in my third grade class, you know, or fourth grade class. So um, not like in a classroom. Right, right, <laughs> right. Not graduating, graduating, there was thousands of kids. But, um, but yeah, to go from that to this, and then obviously pizza has been something that's very important to, to me because it's kind of part of the roots of where I grew up. And uh, from there, you know, this year it just kind of became more of an obsession. And, and you know, this Rockbox oven actually, you know, opened my eyes to the pizza industry entirely, that it's, it's far larger than what I originally thought. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, and it's also a very welcoming community. And I've met some awesome people who have helped me navigate myself through this industry and, and providing their insight and guidance. And, and there's so many people, you know, and, and one of my great friends, um, she's actually become one of my great friends is Lupa Cota from, from California and Inez. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's been a huge, huge help for me because she's been building a brand out there for a while. And we both utilize the rock box oven. So we bounce ideas off each other and we talk, you know, a few times a week and at least once or every other week we have a phone call and she's just great help. Yeah, she's great. We, we just recently had her on the podcast a few weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I think uh, maybe, I don't know, five or six weeks ago she joined me on the podcast. And um, Yeah, was, she's awesome. Yeah, she's she, great. She does a great job too with her recipes and her branding and like what mm -hmm. she's trying to do in the LA market, which is a tough market too. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the Rochester area, like I said, there's a renaissance going on. And, and I think with our concept and, and our quality pizza, we're, we're, we're going to do great things in our city. Do you have any desire to open a brick and mortar or are you just strictly mobile? That's what you want to do? No, I, I mean, there's there's definitely the hopes and dreams of opening a brick and mortar. I don't want to grow too fast. I want to continue to do this mobile setup. I think it's a fun concept and I want to really really build that brand, especially with this little truck. I mean, I keep talking about this little truck. We, we imported from Naples, Italy. And, and if for anyone who's been there, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's a Piaggio Ape. And this little three-wheel truck is used everywhere throughout Europe, really. And obviously it's, it was manufactured and built in Italy. And um, it was built because of their small narrow streets. So this little thing is their mail truck, it's their garbage truck, yeah. their food trucks, you see them everywhere. And uh, my wife and I, we actually were lucky enough to honeymoon in Italy. We fell in love with these things when we saw them there. If you would have asked us while we were there, if we would ever import one to the U.S., we would have said <laughs> probably in mind. So uh, we eventually somehow came up with the concept, you know, because of the Gosney community and me coming across a gentleman by the name of Peddling Pizzas, um, who's yeah. actually sponsored by Gosney. Uh, I saw that concept and I went from wanting a workhorse box truck to figuring out how to import one of these to the u.s he has a similar truck right yeah he's got the exact same thing obviously being that he's in europe he has a newer one he can get the bigger models i got the biggest one i can get here yeah and it's so funny i say it's the biggest one people see it they're like they come smaller <laughs> yeah i know right yeah so it's so on your instagram isn't it like a picture of it yeah that's on my instagram i mean you'll see little video clips of me driving it through through you know from pop-up to pop-up but we we haul it on a trailer for the most part. Um, we fire it up just to, you know, pull it out of the parking lot, things like that. But it's a 1980, you know, it's really hard to, to source parts for. So I just don't want to deal with, you know, ruining the motor or anything like that. I just want to keep it just because it's, it's obviously the fragility of it is just as important. 
And um, it's, it's a like your mascot. Yeah, it really is. I mean, when people see that truck, they're like, what is that? Yeah. Where is it from? How did you get it? And then there's the people who have been to Italy. They're like, I can't believe you got this here. And then obviously the people who are from Italy or, or you know, the older generation, they're like, I haven't seen this in, you know, 20 years since I've been back home and things like that. So it's cool to make those connections. Yeah, I love it. It's actually pretty cool. Again, go to your Instagram. You can see that truck there. And yeah. uh, say hello to Lewis on Instagram. Lewis, if it was great talking to you. If people want to come say hello to you, where should they go? I know we mentioned your Instagram, which is Peels on Wheels Pizza. Uh, any other place they should go to say hello or hang out with you? No, I mean, just social media platforms or via my website. I mean, they can contact me there at any time. And, What's your um, website? It's uh, www.peelsonwheelspizza.com. I'm a crappy host. I probably should have known that. I knew your Instagram, but I didn't <laughs> check out your, your website. I, I got to double check that now. I think it's Peels on Wheels. You link it from your Instagram though, right? So if they go yeah, to Peels on Wheels. There. Yeah, you can click on it. It says visit our website, all that. So Yeah, go follow him on Instagram. Your pies look amazing on Instagram, by the way. Thank um, you, thank you. I And you can see his Ape truck there too. That's just pretty neat. Uh, Lewis, yeah, it really, it really it was is. amazing talking to you. I appreciate you. I know everybody's busy, so I appreciate you taking the time out and joining me here on the podcast, wow. man. It was a great talk. No, I appreciate the opportunity and consideration, and I look forward to having a, f a few more conversations with you over time. Yeah, man, let's go. Let's let's do a follow up in a year. It's like when this whole Corona thing is over and your your business is thriving, come, we'll have you come back on and give us an update of what you're up to. Hopefully, at that point, I'll get a brick and mortar. Yeah, definitely. Are you gonna if you get a brick and mortar, are you gonna do it in Rochester? Are you gonna do it in your home, like your home city of New York City? Uh, no, right now I'm, I'm just focusing here on Rochester. I think I, I've, I've got my family and all my friends and so many ties here now. And, yeah. and you know, obviously in New York City, there's a ton of competition out there. That is true. Um, and I, I got I got some big shoes to fill if I'm going to go out there and attempt to, to open a brick and mortar out there. Uh, I love going out there and just doing my research. That's it. Doing yeah. my homework. All right. Well, we'll have you back on when you do that. All right. Yeah, all right. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Thanks to Lewis for joining me on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave me a review on the iTunes app. It really helps the show, really helps the algorithm inside of iTunes. So if you've been enjoying these podcasts, and I know there's a lot of people listening, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. It'd be really helpful to me and helpful to the podcast. Thank you so much in advance for doing that. If you want to say hello to me on Instagram, I am at the Bruce Irving and at Smart Pizza Marketing. And go check out our website for all the show notes. We took all the notes for you. If you want Lewis's Instagram handle or anything that we mentioned in this episode of the show, as well as all our new blog posts we have coming out on the, on the website, go over to smartpizzamarketing.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.